This is Garrett Maroon of Business by Relationship, and you are listening to Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickren, South Carolina's only podcast for the real estate agent's craft. And greetings and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dish and Dirt. I'm your often opinionated but rarely wrong host, Gary Pickering, coming to you from Blair Cato Pickering Castellan in beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina. This, the last week, in fact, the last day of March 2022. And it is actually hard to believe we are now exactly one quarter into the calendar year 2022. In fact, that also means we are now one quarter into this real estate year. So that means. You should be looking back at your business plan, pull that business plan back up for 2022 and take a long, hard look at it and see if it needs to be revised. So if your plan in 2022 was to do 30 contracts this year and you've only done three, it's time to revise those goals down to get to a more realistic goal. Don't shut down because your goal seems to be unattainable. Revise those goals. Conversely, if you've already done 15 and your goal was 30, you may now need to revise your goal upward. Don't be afraid to revisit your goals and your plan. This market is going to continuously change and evolve over the rest of this year, so your business plan should evolve with it. Now, the good news is this year has played out pretty much exactly like the so-called experts have predicted. Inventory still seems to be about the same as last year. Might start to get better in some places. Maybe it's worse in some brackets, but overall, most experts do expect to see the improvement come later in this year as interest rates do continue to rise. And as we know, interest rates are, in fact, going up a little bit faster than most of these so-called experts predicted. But I do want to say one thing about these interest rates that I think we need to explain to our consumers, and we need to do as much as we can to push this out through social media or whatever we can to let the consumers know about these interest rates. The interest rates today are about the exact same place they were prior to COVID in March of 2020. And the only reason, if you think back about this, that rates went from four and a half, almost five, down to sub three, was because of COVID and the Fed attempt to try to spur economic activity during pretty much a nationwide shutdown for a long time economically. Everyone has been talking about getting back to pre-COVID normal. Guess what? Four and a half percent interest rates, 475, 4.875 percent interest rates, basically is the pre-COVID normal. People were extremely excited pre-COVID to get interest rates sub-5, and they ought to be extremely excited still to get interest rates sub-5. I know everybody sees they could get it at 3, and now they're paying 4.5 as some tremendously horrible thing. We're still talking historically low rates. 4.5%, like I said, was what we were doing pre-COVID before we shut the economy down, before our, our whole country's economic system was teetering, rates weren't that low. They only went low as an attempt by the Fed to get economic activity going. So we need to understand that and we need to let people know that 4.5% is a phenomenal rate still. On a different note, our April 7th Real Estate Success Summit has sold out. We sold 300 tickets last week and in about three weeks we sold this whole event out. And so we went to the convention center and said, hey, our 300 tickets are sold out. Can we add a few more tickets? Because a lot of you guys were waiting to see how your schedules would open up, whether you would have clients you'd had to meet with and so forth. So it looks like right now we're going to be 350 agents at our Real Estate Success Summit. If you missed out on this opportunity this year, the tickets have sold out. They are closed out now. We cannot add any more tickets. But this is due to the tremendous support this year that we got from great agents like yourself who have 
joined in to come and be part of this tremendous event. We're going to likely do one again next spring. I mean, this was something we thought we would try one year and see how it worked, but when we sold it out in three weeks and now have gone so far over our original number, it tells me that this is something that the real estate community in South Carolina wants, and we'll keep trying to do this. And we'll get another star-filled lineup next year together for you in case you missed out this year. Or if you go this year, you can go again next year. This podcast has allowed us to meet some of the greatest people, the greatest minds in real estate, and to have them on this show and have them want to be part of the summit is really a great honor. But it's again, it also goes back to the support that you give this show, because without you guys listening it, downloading it, telling others about it, subscribing to it, and giving us five stars, we could not continue to get the list of phenomenal speakers that we have gotten. We have coaches, speakers reach out to us and say, hey, we want to be on Dish and Dirt. And again, it goes back to y'all support. So please continue to support us. If you haven't given us five stars, please reach up there and hit that five star button or hit the like button. The more of those we get, the more great guests we have on. That is one of the metrics that they look at to see if they want to come on the show is they look to see how many five-star reviews you have. So it's very important we continue to get those reviews. So I greatly appreciate it. And so thank you again for your support of Dish and Dirt. So this week, one of our greatest minds in real estate is joining us. He is someone I certainly hope will be at our next Success Summit in 2023 because he is not only a great agent, he's just a great person. And I have really, really enjoyed spending time to get to know him. And I think you're going to really enjoy what he has to say about creating that referral business. Let's go ahead and start rolling our show this week. And so with that, I bring on Garrett Maroon. So Garrett Maroon is our guest today. He is the owner of the Maroon Group at Keller Williams Elite, which is in Chesapeake, Virginia. And uh, But most importantly to us, he is the owner and founder of Business by Relationship, which is a coaching system based on the value of referral. Now, Garrett is also named, and I don't think he even knew this, one of the top 100 podcasts in the country dealing with real estate by Feedspot, which is coming, had you coming in, by the way, at number 34. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. His podcast is called Real Estate Your Way. It's currently on hiatus, but the good news is he's about to bring it back here in the next couple of weeks. So I reached out to uh, Garrett a couple of weeks ago near the end of the year, and I told him that I wanted to hear more about business by relationship, as well as his podcast. And Garrett immediately said yes. So I'm really excited and wanted to welcome you to Dish and Dirt today. Thank you for having me, Garrett. I'm excited to be here. But before we talk about the value of a referral-based business, congratulations on your podcast. I mean, being ranked number 34 by Feedspot has you ranked up there with, with Matt Johnson, Greg McDaniels, Chris Prefontaine, Tom Ferry, Mike Cuevas, and other greats. So tell us, when do you think you might be bringing our, our podcast back so we can listen to it? Well, I think sooner sooner now that you told <laughs> me that. I had no idea, but you know, it's actually something I love. That's why I was so honored to be invited onto this show. I just love to share and talk and you know get to know people and and hope to share something that might inspire and encourage somebody out there. So uh, no, I'm honored by that. And uh, I guess it'll be pretty soon, probably in the next few months. It needs to be because your podcast is really good. I've listened to a lot of the episodes of your podcast you. as well as episodes of where you've been on other uh, people's podcasts. And I do think you bring a lot of value to the agents. And I appreciate that. To get you on there. So tell us your story about you, how and why you came up with a system that was re- that's based on referrals and not the typical social media stuff that are paid leads that everybody does. It seems that in today's market, your idea is a little bit out of the box. And that's what I'm really looking for. Somebody that's out of the box. Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, to be honest, and I'll give a brief background of how I came in, but I came in in 2014, June 2014. And 
you know, I did all the classes, Gary, that you're supposed to do, you know, the cold calling, the door knocking, how to host open house, buying leads, expires, all that good stuff. And none of it was me. I just, you know, I, I came into the industry and after learning all about that, I just at least had enough clarity at the beginning of my career to say, okay, in five years, if I wake up and my business is doing really well, but it's built on something that I just don't want to do, am I going to be happy with that? And the answer was no. And so I just had realization pretty early on that if I, if I'm going to do this and this is going to work, it's got to work by relationship. That's really the only way that I want to do this. Plus, quite honestly, I called called once in my career, just literally one time. The guy hung up on me and I felt so bad about myself that I didn't work the rest of the day. <laughs> so I realized, okay, th this is not going to be who I am. I like building relationships. And then quite honestly, I just started learning more about the, the value of a relationship, the uh, we are very over communicated with in this world, but very under connected with. Right. And the reality of people needing deep, meaningful relationships and how important that is. And I just understood that kind of early on and then really start to dive into the psychology behind consumers and how they make decisions and all that stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into some. Yeah. But, um, and I just started realizing that there's, there's so much more power in the relationship and that's who I am. And so I said, you know what? If this is going to work, I'm going to go all in on that. And I did, and thankfully, it's been really effective so far. You've been very successful at this, matter of fact. Uh, I know your stats are very good, and you're one of the top agents in that Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area, and so that your system certainly does work. Now, when we talk yeah. about a referral circle, I mean, if you're only relying on on referrals, you must be talking thousands of people, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's funny because that's what I get a lot. I only have 300 people in my database. Wow. Um, I didn't grow up. Yep. I did not grow up here. I went to school here, but I, I started in 2014 with literally 40 people in my database. That was it. Uh, well, 70, but 30 of them were from Ohio. My family it just made me feel better to have a bigger number, right? But 40 people that were here and I just worked that diligently. Now I'm a huge believer and you should start with a hundred, but I couldn't and not everybody can, but yeah, 300 people. Uh, and, and I think that, well, number one, I know now that the average person knows 256 people. So serving 300 people well means I reach 75,000 people. And if I generate a referral, statistically, you have a 91% chance to convert. So I am reaching a lot of people by going deeper with a smaller group. So I'm just a huge believer. You don't need a massive number. You need a small group of people that you care for well and consistently, and you can build a big business out of that. I mean, last year, my team sold 100 deals all by referral. Um, 100% by referral. I spent literally $6,000 on marketing. That was it for the entire year. Yeah. And so, you know, just it's a matter of the value that we bring, in my opinion, to the marketplace is not as much, it's, it's not our skill set as much as it is our relationship. The average person today has fewer than two close relationships. What they really want from you is a relationship, is someone to understand them and care for them well. And more than anything, that's what's going to bring them value and cause them to want to refer you as well. So, uh, yeah, you don't need a huge database by any means. I saw a stat by National Association of Realtors, and it was going back, I think it was just as short as like 20 years ago, that your client would refer you like 80% of the time. But today, it's like 5 or 6% that we get all these clients, we work them, do a good job for them. And unlike 20 years ago, we don't use them to build our business. 20 years ago, you would rely on that person to get you 80% of your business. But now we let Zillow steal that client from us and then charge us to buy our clients back from us where they're already our clients. Why don't we just work what we already have? You made my point for me. I don't know that I need to be here anymore right there, but 
Thank you very much. Good night. Have a good one. <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, literally, the statistic is from the National Association of Realtors, 92% of consumers surveyed said they would refer their agent. Only 11% of agents consistently stay in touch with their database. That's shocking to me. Like you said, I mean, so, so number one, what I always teach is, hey, to you new agents, there's 81% of people out there who would refer a real estate agent that nobody's talking to anymore. Go build relationships with them, right? They're primed and ready to actually refer somebody. And then for those of you that are part of the 11%, good for you. For those of you that aren't, now we start actually being in consistent relationship with them because your clients are ready to refer you. Churn and burn is not a good approach. It's about the relationship that's going to create the foundation for your business. And I think a lot of agents misunderstand this whole concept. They're like, okay, well, I met Garrett. I did a closing for him. He's not going to buy a house again for three or four years. So why do I want to stay in contact with him? But the reality is, if I did a good job for Garrett, Garrett has a friend. He's got maybe a brother or a sister-in-law. Maybe he has his parents that he wants to get out of Ohio to move uh, down to here. Of course, I don't know if you know this, but South Carolina is about to be renamed South, South Ohio because um, half of Ohio has <laughs> moved to South Carolina. Fantastic. Which, you know, I'm a Cleveland's Browns fan. I know you're a big Indians fan. I'm a Browns fan. So, you know, I kind of like That's fantastic. Now, Ohio people I feel your, here, I have somebody I feel to your pain. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> suck is. and I get somebody to talk to them. <laughs> Um, That's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe next year. That's always our greatest thing as a brown fan. There's always <laughs> next year. But you know, you, you've got people don't understand that. And I had a client one time who moved here from Arizona. Uh, he he was retiring here, which blows my mind. People moved to Arizona to retire, not to South Carolina. I would have thought. But over about a six or seven month period, he brought all three of his children who were grown and their families. He convinced his parents to move here and two or three other neighbors. But because this guy. Did it, we did a good job with him and his agent stayed in contact with him. It went from one closing to eight, but had that agent wow. not maintained that relationship, those other closings could have gone to anybody that they found on Zillow. And that's mm. just, I think that exact, exactly exemplifies what you're talking about. Mm, um, let's amazing. talk some more about these conversion stats, stats. And I, and I think they're, they're right on point. Talk to us about the difference in the conversion stats for referrals versus the conversion stats of pay leads. Yeah, so by Zillow's own own admission, they say they have a 4% conversion, which quite honestly, from my experience with people that I know, that's probably even high. But let's say they have a 4% conversion rate. Referrals nationwide are a 91% conversion rate, right? I mean, it's just a whole different ball game from... Now, there are tons of people that love the, the chase and the grind that go after that 4%. Good for them. That's amazing. I'd rather work, number one, by relationship because that's my personality, but also because... If I'm going to go out on an appointment, I'd rather have a 91% chance than a 4% chance, Absolutely. right? Just a better use of my time. I don't have to generate as many leads in order to have as good of a business. So it is shocking. 4% and, and even, you know, Commissions Inc. And I know companies like that, they admit that it's about 2% if you do it well. You know, some companies are, or some teams are getting better than that. But, and you, let's say you're a 2%, but you've got to have follow up within five minutes. You, you're nurturing those leads for months and months and months. And most of the time, they don't know who you are. So, I mean, so much of that is now a lot of people have to go out and prospect. That's totally okay. But so much of that is don't build your business that way. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. And we always say this. You're renting your business. If your business is built on Zillow or paid leads or Facebook or, or social media or whatever, you own your business. If you have a relationship based business, because at any moment, Zillow could become a broker. Guess what? They did that. Right. Yeah. Facebook could change. Facebook could change the algorithm. Guess what? They did that with Apple iPhones or, you know, or yeah, right. Exactly. So all of these companies could change things around in, a, in any given moment. 
And now all of a sudden, if your business is built from them, you're renting it instead of owning it. No one can take your relationships from you. So I'm a huge believer in, especially moving into the future, we've got to own the relationships that we have, not focus on renting. These companies are going to start getting into the game as we've already seen. And we really need, you can have a small group of people around you that you have a deep relationship with. Go do the other things too. That's totally fine. Let that feed your database. I'm totally fine with that. I'm for that. But if you don't consistently, intentionally build relationships, I honestly am worried for the agents that don't have that as a foundation because one day it'll be gone. And I don't know when that day will be, but I wouldn't risk my future and my family on that. Jeff Law was talking about how you need to have multiple streams. And but the key with those streams is you can't just have streams that you don't create the relationships with. I don't care if you have the greatest streams. If you're not creating relationships and making those people feel uh, important, they're not going to use you anyway. Which percent true. Your conversion rate, your personal conversion rate on your leads is outrageously high. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. You know, so yeah, it's a hundred percent with buyers and a 95% with sellers over the course of my eight year career. And that's yeah, 400 transactions. And you know, it's because it's the work that you do in advance, right? Yes, we have good buyer appointments and yes, my seller appointments are really good. And you know, now that I've studied and understand the psychology of how consumers are going to make decisions, you know, I know how to approach them. But even early on, I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember really early on, Gary, I had a, a client named Kelly Joe. It was a three hundred fifty thousand dollars listing, which was the biggest by far I'd ever done. It was only my second listing opportunity ever. I go in, I'm competing with three other agents, way better than I am. I'm 27 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I remember going in and thinking, there's no way I'm going to compete with my marketing plan. I didn't know what I was doing, but knew I couldn't compete with my marketing plan because I didn't know what it was, right? I was brand new. And so I said, I'm going to do the one thing I do know, and I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to listen. Well, I, I listened to Kelly Joe, and she talked a lot. I was there for two hours. I found out that her husband had recently passed away. She'd never done this on her own. She was terrified of making a bad decision for her kids and all the pieces that were really struggling. I left my packet. We didn't even open it. And I said, Hey, Kelly Joe, thanks so much for your time. You know, would happy, happy to help, blah, blah, blah. Well, a week later, she calls me and says, Garrett, I want you to come list my house. And I said, Wow, you know, Kelly Joe, I appreciate that. Can you tell me why? You know, I'm curious. There are a lot of good agents. And she literally said, Garrett, I honestly don't remember anything that you all said, but I know you're the one person that listened. And I want someone who's going to care about me. Will you come help? And it just, you know, I've been fortunate that throughout my career, I've heard, had people actually vocalize those things. And it's just reiterated to me. That's what they really want at the end of it. The they don't know who's the best agent. And I don't even know who's the best agent, right? I can't even distinguish the best agent versus the other best. Agent. There's no way to tell. Right? Yeah. What does that mean? So we pretend that our clients can figure that out and they can't. That's not how they're going to make a decision. And so we need to lead with the right kind of things and approach. And, uh, and as I've just understood and, and, and done that more often, my conversion rate has been a, a major blessing, and I'm really thankful for that. Even when you watch shows like Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles, you'll see a lot of those millionaire clients, when they talk to a Josh Flagg or Josh Altman, they're wanting somebody that understands why that house means so much to them that they're listing. They don't want somebody just to come in and listen. That's one of the things I think Josh Flagg does well on that show is that he's got this love and this understanding for old Hollywood and old Beverly Hills. And so a lot of the older people that have houses that they truly love and feel like it's their baby, they don't want to see a developer come and tear it down. And so he gets those listings over, over other people because he sits there and listens to them and empathizes with them. And, and they truly believe that he cares about them. And I've heard you speak on this before. And let's talk about the psychology of the buyer. I think you talk about the three questions. And in fact, I believe you quote our, our famous 
uh, former Gamecock football coach Lou Holtz uh, when you talk about this. So let's talk about those three questions you think that real estate buyers and sellers actually ask themselves when they're looking at agents. Yeah, absolutely. And and in your honor, Gary, I should start saying he's a famous coach from South Carolina because I do say Notre Dame, but no, it's South you know, Carolina. Maybe, maybe I'll shift that. <laughs> maybe I'll shift that. More famous for being a Gamecock than <laughs> winning a national championship at some little school up. I don't know what I'm thinking. Right, right, right. As an Ohio fan, we can relate into bad teams. So yes. maybe I'll switch that for you. But yeah, so so he said, and you know, he didn't relate this to the real estate world, of course, but he said that there's three questions every every player and athlete and family is asking when they're trying to make a buying decision. AKA, are they going to buy him as their coach or the school? And I've just adopted it for us as salespeople. But he says the three questions. Can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? So can I trust you? Are you good at what you do? And do you care about me? And number one, that's just brilliant in general, right? So two of the three are an emotional engagement, not a rational engagement. But as I started to dive deeper into the psychology to really understand, I, you know, you could do research and just by your own understanding and, and the things you've done in your life, no one can really determine, as I mentioned before, who the best agent is out there, right? I use the example all the time of my dentist. I love my dentist, Dr. Artzer in Newport News, Virginia. I've given him so much free publicity. He has no idea. But uh, I love my dentist. But if someone were to come up to me and you say, hey, who's the absolute best dentist in town? Or is your dentist the best dentist? I would say, in all honesty, I have no idea, right? I don't know what it takes to be a great. He could be a 2 out of 10. He could be a 10 out of 10. I have no concept of that, right? So no. I started to dive deep. Well, I'm sorry. And how would you know? You're not a dentist. Yeah, right. How exactly? How would I know? And so, so I started to dive even deeper into that, and you start to realize that number one, consumers really do understand an industry outside of their own at a two out of ten level. So it's not a ten out of ten. They don't understand the nuances. And then you start to realize, and you start to read these surveys that say if someone thinks they can trust you and they believe you care about them, then their natural assumption is they believe you are good at what you do. Right. So you should be good at what you do. But if you answer question one and three, can I trust you? And do you care about me? You're actually answering all three, which is, are you good at what you do? Versus if you lead with, well, I'm the best agent in town. They don't know if you care about them. They don't know if they can trust you. All they know is you think really highly of yourself. And how is that going to benefit them? Right. So we've just got to understand the right approach to consumers. Don't lead with your stats. Don't lead with your marketing plan. In fact, my listing packet doesn't even talk about our marketing plan. It literally says at the beginning, here's the three questions everyone should ask when hiring an agent for a buyer or a seller. Right. Uh, can I trust you? And I answer that. Are you good at what you do? I answer that. Uh, do you care about me? And I answer that. And it's just understanding how they're going to make decisions. There's no way for me to determine whether or not the contractor I hire is the best contractor in town. I can't determine that. But I do know pretty quickly, this guy seems trustworthy or, or that woman seems like she really cares. Let's do it, right? That's how we, we make easier decisions than people say we do. And so we've got to understand that and approach them in a proper way. Well, most people don't trust real estate agents. They don't trust lawyers, which I happen to be both. Um, they don't trust car salesmen. I don't sell cars. But when we meet with our clients, I think they have little to no hope in us to begin with. So in my mind, that actually makes it easier for us to exceed that expectation by showing that we can be trusted. And in fact, I've done a podcast that talks about agency and how when you properly explain agency that I'm required by law to explain agency to go over that you've already separated yourself from that not trustworthy status, because I told you I have a law that I got to follow and I'm following it right off the bat. I don't start off with, I'm the greatest real estate agent. It's, hey, before we start talking about real estate, 
I have a law that I have to follow. It's called, I have to explain agency to you. So let me go ahead and do that. And I can tell you nine out of 10 other agents aren't even explaining agency. If they're doing it, they're just kind of doing it in passing. I'm, I would make it a focal point. Do you think the fact that we have this trust level that's so low, do you think that actually helps us? Somebody like yourself who has these relationships? Yeah, well, so and I think that's a great point. Number one, where your lead comes from makes a huge difference, right? If I was a cold calling agent or an agent that bought leads, there's no way I'd have 100% conversion. No way, because they don't come with trust, right? So there's a huge value in where your business comes from. But yes, I would say if you're somebody who doesn't have a trust relationship with this person, that's the first thing you got to build. But to your point, Gary, if they come in and you don't know them and they don't know you, you need to be as transparent as possible, right? I'm shocked by the times in my career where I've gotten a client who had an agent before and they would say, oh, they didn't even tell me how much they charge, right? Or they, I don't even know how you make money. Like, do I pay you? You know, and I'll say, well, you can, but you know, I'm your buyer agent. You don't have to. And so, you know, just explaining how it works and making sure that they know, no, this is about you. It's never been about me. Being straightforward and honest with them is huge. I teach a lot about, and this is related to building your database, but in that same context you're talking about, Gary, which I love what you said, is go through the front door. Don't go through the back door, right? I, I can't stand it when someone says, you know, um, hey, Garrett, I just got into the insurance world and small talk, small talk, small talk. Oh, by the way, do you know three people right now I could call? And you're like, man, just tell me that you need help building a business. And I'd rather help you doing that than just trying to pretend like that's not what's going on here. I'd much rather as an eight, if I weren't an agent or if someone's sitting down with my mom, I'd rather them say, hey, Mrs. Maroon, this is how this works. So you know up front, this is the cost most likely to sell your home. I want you to feel comfortable with that before we talk about all the other things, right? Um, that person is going to win trust. That person is going to prove that they care because the decision is not in your hands, the agent. It should be in your client's hands. So I agree with what you said 100%, Gary. There's a lot of agents who always talk to me about this because I, I believe trust is a big factor in it as well. And I've had a lot of agents who are like, you know, I just don't know how you make somebody trust you. That's such a hard concept. But I think you nailed it is being transparent and hitting those items that are most important about the consumer up front so that they understand. Look, I understand what your objections are, essentially what your concerns are, and I'm addressing those head on. And I think that's a, a thing that we don't do enough. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for our show this week. We appreciate Garrett being with us. And Garrett will be back again next week to finish up his presentation on how he grew his tremendous business through his referral network. Now, because we have the summit next Thursday, I'm going to go ahead and release the next part of this episode on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for Dish and Dirt one day early next week. If you care about what we do here at Dish and Dirt, I ask you to please like us, subscribe to us, and please give us that five-star rating and those thumbs up on Facebook so that uh, we can continue to get more great ratings and have more great guests come and appear on our show. Thanks to everybody for your support and we look forward to seeing you at the Real Estate Success Summit on Thursday and hope everybody has a wonderful week.